When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, what's up, everybody? Going to start this. Um, you know, obviously, big news today. Uh, Bob Bradley and LAFC have decided to part uh, part ways. Um, so, yeah, I just want to definitely get on the conversation, open up the Twitter spaces, open up to a few folks. Let's see, Andy's on here. Andy, my brother, how you doing? Let's see if I can get you in here. Please open that up. Andy, are you there? Can you hear me? Yes, sir, man. I'm good. What's going on, brother? We're good, man. No, man. First of all, obviously, I think we expected it. Um, at least I expected something to come out, um, whether it was today or last. Actually, I expected it last week. But, yeah. Well, first off, how are you doing, man? I know I know you got a big week as well. <laughs> I'm chilling, man. Everything is good over here. I can't complain. I knew uh, I had a feeling something was happening soon because of – urgency and all that and then i just had a feeling that you know sometimes when when you're the busiest things tend to happen so i'm not surprised that that uh this announcement happened today at all yeah now um i was surprised that i i was like i was wondering too because obviously the you know the world cup qualifiers happened all those different things happened um and i, I was worrying waiting when when it would uh the news would come out but yeah obviously so the news broke obviously you know Everyone, it says LAFC and Bob Bradley uh, mutually agree to part ways. Obviously, you know, John Thornton thanked Bob Bradley. Um, obviously, you and I have spent a lot of time with Bob Bradley and what he's done with LAFC. Um, let's just go over the big picture. Uh, what, what do you think about Bob Bradley, obviously, and the job he did in these four years? I think he was great, honestly, man. I think that for a team that, you know, didn't have an identity, did not have really anything to to fall back on coming in as an expansion team and just the fact that they were in Los Angeles it obviously brings a lot of pressure just location location wise and expectations from when you're starting from the ground up so I think it was a smash hiring from LAFC's standpoint in the beginning to get a a coach of that caliber to get a coach of that intensity that has an identity and you know through the four years that's really what he always harped on is having an identity and you know, even with the, the seasons that LAFC did not do well with these last two, he never switched up his he never switched up his story. It was always our football, our identity. And um throughout the results, you know, them not winning as many games as they were have liked this year, they still had a bit of that same um offensive minded attack, having possession, uh dominating a possession and, you know, there was obviously things that went wrong, but um, he was he was gonna live and die by that. And we talked about it many times, you know, throughout the season. Like he was gonna live and die by that. Ultimately, obviously, we know the 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 fate. But um, I think that it, it made sense for LAFC to 
get somebody like that early on to, you know, really build something organic, which is what they needed to do. And then it also made sense for them to to part ways at this point. I think it's not a surprise to anybody and and we kind of knew it was coming. So I think in in a way, um, I feel like they're vindicated and, and their decision was was a good one. And we forget on we forget also that they were, let's say, 20 minutes away from winning a, a Champions League, which <laughs> I'm trying to think back now, if that would have happened, the trajectory of how this LAFC team looks and is, you know, currently sitting would have been so different. Obviously, that did not happen. But there's so many things that happened in the span of four years, both good and bad. It's just that the way that this season ended, factoring in uh, the COVID impact the season last season, um, you know, there's there's enough writing there for LAFC to be justified in making the decision that they did. So that's that's kind of my take on that part. Yeah, I, and, and for me as well, like, um, you know, I, I think the job Bob Bailey did in the four years, uh, outside of not winning a championship, uh, I think he, he built the foundation from the ground up, obviously. You know, we see expansion teams now, you know, they start off the ground really, really bad, like FC Cincinnati, Austin FC, who has a phenomenal fan base, just like LAFC, but they haven't just yet had a successful season. But outside of that, I like what he did with the foundation. And you're right, you know, they were 20 minutes away from winning, uh, you know, potential Champions League. But unfortunately, that didn't happen. And obviously, you know, prior to the 2020 season and obviously this season, um, you know, I think I felt like halfway through the season because to me – to me, it was uh, obviously, you know, MLS Cup or bust for, for Barbelli uh, to, to, to keep his job. And obviously, the you know, halfway through the season, you could tell that that, that was not really going to happen. Or at least I could tell it was not going to happen with just um, all the different things that happened, injuries, obviously, you know, the players that they got. Um, but I also w- w- want to say is, like, I think he, you know, whether he was given the roster players or the moves or everything like that, I think he was LAFC's uh, great first coach. Now it was, it was a four-year contract. Um, and, you know, I, I know you had talked to us about this and in the, in, before about him getting the respect that they deserve to, to stay till the end. Um, but I also wonder what could have happened if LAFC did decide to move, uh, move on from Bob Bradley at mid midway point, because, um, you know, there there's a couple pieces there, but I think, you know, whether the front office was 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 trying to make a decision or something like that, um, you know, and you could tell how, how difficult this decision was for them. At least I feel like I can because they didn't they didn't announce the news right away. Uh, it was a week, what it was a week and a half now since since the the since decision day, which was what November fifth, yeah, November seventh, seventh, yeah, yep. what is it, yeah, November 7th. so eleven days after. Uh, uh, do I got my ma- no twelve thirteen days after or no seven my bad eleven days sorry yep, eleven yep. days after um after so you could tell how long this decision was wavering on them um what what about you do you think the timing that it took it took so long or they were just waiting or do you, do you think like the the world uh, the World Cup qualifiers and all that uh, uh, played into this decision that happened today. Yeah, it is tough timing-wise because we mentioned there was so much going on. And then you also factor in that like the playoffs actually start, you know, on Saturday. So I feel like the window was was smart for them to get it out before the playoffs start because not that it's going to get buried, but this, the interest in MLS is going to move towards the playoffs and what teams are doing there to try to win the Cup. So it is kind of smart to get it out before that happens. Um, I'm actually surprised, no lie, that it happened as fast as it did. Like I knew something had to be announced. I just didn't expect it to be this quickly but then again we all talked about it all year like there's a sense of urgency that LAFC needs to have in terms of moving forward for the next season in the future and 
this was the first domino that had to fall. Like we, oh, we knew this was going to be announced first, and then from there happens the Vela news, and then from there happens whatever in the future has to happen. But this was the first piece, whether he was staying or going. And I think that the way the season ended uh, with the with the tie to Vancouver at home, and then obviously going to Colorado and and giving up five there. I think that it, it kind of made it a little clear for them. Like, hey, you know, we tried to do what we could and it didn't work out. That was the story of the year. But I think the decision was probably made pretty quickly. And I asked Bob after that game, you know, what his intentions were. And he's like, you know, after after tough seasons, the conversations are take on a different level of importance. But we have to have those tough conversations. And that's those conversations probably started surfacing somewhere in the middle of the season, like you said, because it was evident that, anything that Bob was trying was not working. And I think as that gradually became more permanent on the team and, and the outlook of LAFC, I think that those decisions started to get made way before, let's say today or way before decision day. Granted, if they make the playoffs, it kind of changes a little bit, but we've talked about it. Like if that team were to make the playoffs, they probably weren't going to be successful in the playoffs. And that essentially doesn't help you or help his case at all. So even if they were to make the playoffs and lose the first game or make the playoffs and go to the second game and lose them, like that's that's still kind of just masking all the overarching issues that they have from the past, from the season and from the season before. So I think that this is a decision that it probably wasn't even that hard to make if we're being honest. And and uh, the the rumors are that Bob is probably going to Toronto. I don't know how true or not that is, but you know, like I said, like you mentioned, the respect factor is there. There was no way that they were going to just say, "Hey, Bob, in the middle of the season, sorry, we need to go a different direction," which would have been interesting because we've seen that happen this season with Vancouver, with Real Salt Lake, who are both in the playoffs. You know, teams that have have gotten new coaches, even Atlanta as well in the East that have gotten new coaches in the middle of the year and and the teams have kind of improved drastically. So we knew Bob was going to ride out to the end of the year, win or lose, and this was just ultimately the fate. I think that there was no other way to go around it, unfortunately. And um, I, I, I don't want to say if it's a good or bad decision right now because we don't know what the team's going to look like, but I'm always skeptical of, of bringing in new coaches. So um, unless it's somebody that's internal or somebody that's close to the team already, I feel like it's going to be a – I don't want to say a step back for LAFC, but it's going to be more of a growing process than they probably want and expect it. Yeah, I think it's, uh, anytime you move away from, uh, you know, from a coach like Bob Bradley, right, and what he's done and being, being able to build the foundation, but also to, you know, I think to also like to finish the season against Colorado 5-2, you know, that, that, that leaves obviously a bad taste uh, in your mouth if you're an LAFC fan because obviously you never want to lose like that. But also, you know, you should also expect have the expectations which are higher. And to me, this was a big learning thing from from LFC. Like, what expectations was John gonna have after the season? What expectations was he gonna listen to the fans? Because by majority, if we're gonna be honest, majority of the fans, at least my what I've seen from social media and just walking around the stadium, um, you know, they're ready to move on from Bob Bradley. You know, and you know, you even you had a lot of media, a lot of the big media you know, uh, talk about Bob and his record. I know the guys from uh, Football Americas um, came out with that with that video or with, with their take on who had the bigger bigger failure, LAFC or, or uh, LA Galaxy. They obviously talked about LAFC. But I also think, like, you know, with LAFC also having such a passionate fan base, you got to give them – you got to give them a better product on the field. Yes, you can do all the marketing. Yes, you can do the collabs with the shoes. Yes, you can have the celebrities. You can all the – but that doesn't mean anything if you don't win. 
You know what I'm saying? If, if you're talking to the real diehard fan, you're talking to the real person that, that goes for, for the football, for the soccer, whatever you want to call it, right? The real fan goes there to see their team win, see their team beat the other opponent, and left the cup at the end of the season. Unfortunately, that didn't happen in these four years. And to me, I felt like Bob Bradley had a fair opportunity <clears throat> in these four years to, to do that. Um, and unfortunately, it didn't happen. In the world of football, four years is a long time. Even in basketball, NFL, you, you talk about four, four years is a long time. Um, and I think he did get uh, he, he did get a, a fair crack at it uh, because I know when he was in the Premier League, was it Swansea or I forgot what club he coached. It was only, he was only there for a couple of months. They didn't really give him enough time. And I think he, he really got a, a fair opportunity. And I also, you know, I, I talked about this in the podcast earlier in the season um, that there was some there was a rift between Bob and, and the front office, um, you know, or, or because of the way that things were going, <clears throat> whether, you know, whether it was, you know, Bob getting these players and, and not wanting these USAL players or whatever, like the communication was very, very clear um, that Bob Bradley in the front office uh, was starting to fade. Um, you know, and unfortunately, you know, they, they kept that. And you could kind of tell just how things were going. To me, I don't rec- I don't know if you remember this one time, Andy, but remember when I typically when I asked Bob Bradley any question about the team or anything, he would be like, oh, no, yes or no, this player, blah. even if it was like contract, like something along the contracts. I think you you might remember this, but he said, and it was a, it was a question to, to another person, but he said it's a John question. That's not that's not a question for me. That, yep, he's, yep. he's never said that before. He never when he said that to me, I was like, well, I was like, I know it's a John question, but you you're the one behind. You you also have a big hand in all of this, and that's what I could. I don't remember when that was, but that kind of caught me off guard because I'm like, I know this is, I know who this question is for, but you're the one that typically always answers these type of questions, and I could tell from that point on that there was something there was something that wasn't that they were not aligning properly and unfortunately obviously you got to see the showcase on the field um obviously you can't blame Bob Bradley for the injuries and everything like that but I think you know if you're LAFC and you do want to win a trophy you do have to have some type of expectations and I said this before the buck the buck has to stop somewhere and I know a lot of people uh you know they're not a fan of John Thornton and stuff but look coaches leave before before general managers and general managers make the decisions before this. Obviously, yes, they're parting ways, but I mean, John Thornton and Bob Bradley had to part ways from each other. You know, that's just a nice way of saying, hey, we no longer want to work with each other. You know, if we're going to be honest, I'm pretty sure there were some heated conversations and I know how Bob Bradley can be. You know, I I haven't really gotten to know John Thornton, but, you know, he seems much more of a calmer guy. Bob obviously is very intense if he's picked up on that. But, um, but yeah, I think, I think, you know, you have to take the risk, uh, whether you don't know if you're LAFC, you have to take the risk, whether you don't know who's going to be the next coach or whatever. We can get into that later in the, in, in the spaces. But if you're LAFC and you want to achieve winning a, a, a MLS Cup, you have to take the risk to move on from Bob Bradley and give someone else an opportunity. Now, whether that's someone within the system or someone outside um, that knows at least the MLS system, I'm not talking, I, I'm not talking about the LAFC system. But um, but yeah, I want to get JP JP's thoughts. Uh, JP, if you could unmute yourself, tell us tell us how you how you took the news today. Well, I was in class. Uh, I was in class. So I was like, oh, I was very starstruck in class when I when I saw it. But um, I'm actually you know surprised how how soon it, it came. Um, knowing LAFC, knowing how you know they haven't even told us that Janela's what Janela's injury is, you know, but they tell us that Bob Riley's no longer the coach. Um, I'm just you know surprised about how quick it was. Um. 
but now now JT needs to start moving. Now needs to start working. Needs to start moving. And, and you know he should have already had multiple interviews. You know, um, regardless if that report about Bob Bradley moving to Toronto was false or anything. You know, these reports don't come out of nowhere. So it's not like JT didn't didn't shouldn't have had any knowledge of this. You know, JT should have had knowledge of this, and he should he should already have people you know lined up interviews in. Um, now it's does he go big or does he go with uh, does he go big and, and you know international? Does he? Um, stay in, in the MLS market or, you know, does he go the, the easy, safe way because he's the GM and he kind of only has one more go at this and, you know, hire Shirondolo with, with you know, the, the Las Vegas Lights partnership with, I guess, his model of, of, of him, you know, piping Shirondolo in, into this LAFC team. Um, I personally think he has to go big. You know, this is LAFC. This is a big market. You still have Carlos Vela. You cannot, you know, have this unexperienced coach train Carlos Vela. You know, I don't think that's that's what's going to get you MLS Cup. And, you know, I'm, Carlos Vela stated it with, with Max and, and the, at the live. You know, he says, my goal here is to win MLS Cup. And I think you need a big coach to win MLS Cup with LAFC. Um, especially with how hot Chicho's been, with how hot B-Rod's been. You know, this isn't a rebuild year. This is just a refocus year and, and a new head because the talent is there. Um it was MLS or bust for LAFC this year. Obviously, injuries happened, whatever, etc. happened. But it's still MLS or or bust because you're in LA and because you have Carlos Vela and all this extra talent. Um, I expect the Carlos Vela announcement, you know, this weekend, if anything, um, if, if, you know, LAFC is going to start announcing things. But um, back to the coaching search, um, I think JT can't, can't go the easy way out and get Chirundolo. He has to go big. Um, because it's a big market again. Yeah, I, I don't. I mean, yeah, I don't. I don't really see Sharondolo. I think that would be. Uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I don't know if Sharondolo is the guy right now. He's an option. I would. I would. I would keep him as an option. But you know, uh, you know, you wrote an article about Almeida. Um, there's plenty. I know people are talking about Tata, but Tata's not fired. I know the fans have fired him, <laughs> but uh, Tata Martino is still the Mexico coach. Um, so I'd put a media. You could put Sharondolo. Um, you know, I, I can't run through the name of the list, but I also feel like a lot of teams that are in, in the MLS Cup. Um, I don't know the, the, the head coaches um, uh, contracts if they're in the final year, um, you know, but I think I, I would also look at a lot of the coaches within MLS. Um, and I, I think I do think you have to go big, but I, I feel like you don't have to go too big, you know, because it's like a lot of international coaches. The tricky thing about the MLS is, you know, being able to bring in players that, that you know, how how the Tam, Tram, Tam, all these DPs, you know, words and all these things that, you know, we're, we're barely figuring out. Imagine now a coach from Europe trying to figure all this out. But I definitely feel like it's the MLS. Um, it's the, definitely the MLS route. Uh, I, that's that's my initial thoughts uh, to get someone with MLS. Like I said, Almeida. Uh, that, that to me, I would put him number one. Um, I know uh, I'm talking with Fabian, uh, who he, he covers uh, – San Jose, he, he he messaged me that, you know, the new GM, Chris Leitch, said he has Almeida in his plans for the next year, but could, you know, he's also could be trying to get someone else. Um, and he says LAFC would have to pay, pay, would have to pay a fee for him since he's an MLS. So, I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of op- options there. Um, who would you, who would you like to see uh, Andy uh, or get an opportunity? I saw, I forgot where I saw earlier, somebody threw out, um, Ante Razov. I don't know how likely that would be, given that he was on that coaching staff with them. But 
I just think that it's hard to pinpoint because if, like JP says, if you know something like this is coming up and, like we said, it's not, it was no surprise that this is happening, I think that they had to already have some ideas in, in mind, right? They had to already have some names that they potentially could fill this role with because this isn't this isn't a come-out-of-nowhere situation where, like, oh, snap, we have to replace Bob Bradley, like, they were probably working towards this for a while, so I can't I can't pinpoint a name that would that would magically just be like, hey, this is going to be the guy. But you guys bring up a good point. Like this is not much of a of a rebuild per se for LAFC. That was I think the idea with without the COVID impact the season in 2020 with all of that, you know, this team would have looked very different. Atuesta's probably no longer here. Obviously, Diego Rossi's in Turkey. They might be another player that's away. So I think they they still get to keep you know, for the most part, a bit of that core, they're obviously going to have to bring in some new players and, and make some more tough decisions. But it's not like the coach is coming in and getting a team of scraps and saying, oh, we got to start this from the bottom. The only thing that I could think of that is perhaps a little bit of, um, I don't want to say a problem, but perhaps a little bit of a, something that will make the coaching decision tough is that the coach that comes in has to have a particular style of play that can't be agree too, too different from what exactly Bob wanted to accomplish. Well, Not in the sense I would, of I mean, like I disagree on that, but I, I agree he has to have a plan. Of course, he has to have a style, but I just think like it, it, he can't come in and be like, "Oh shoot, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna start being a little more defensive because these players are already kind of like at go." And I think this is the only problem that I could foresee with LAFC is them trying to take on a completely new identity. And I think that could get a little bit messy because then you're going to run into the issue of a player like Velasquez or, you know, certain players like Chicho or players that, or even a player like Latif that's been part of the system from the beginning. That, that, that could get complicated for LAFC and that could be a little bit of a step back, the step back that I'm talking about. Not that it gets much worse than what happened this past season anyway, but it's, it's complicated. You know, when a coach comes in, there's a lot of new things that have to happen. And when you're dealing with a group of players that are not necessarily players that are just, all right, you sure? Well, we're just going to try. Like, no, they they all know, like, we should be winning a championship. This is why we're here. That's why that hunger is there. That's why these type of players are in that role. So I think the system is going to be very important depending on who they hire. But that's all stuff that's, you know, in the in the future, and they figure that out once it, once they do name somebody to coach. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think I just think anybody that comes in, comes in for Bob Bradley is going to be completely different. Completely different, unless they're that, you know, very hard nose and my way or the highway type of coach. But I think anybody that comes in is going to be different. Is going to be, uh, you know, some will call it brush of fresh air. Um, I think it's going to it's going to be very very different. And I think that's what they're getting. I think that's why LAFC needs uh, at this point is someone someone new uh, new ideas. You know, they play a different type of formation. You know, I know you mentioned about defensively. I think also the the, the players they're also going to have to not not just. Bob Bradley moving on, but they also I think they also got to move on from some players and some contracts. So that's why I feel like an MLS player, uh, I mean an MLS coach or someone that has MLS type of experience, because you could come in here and really ro- change this roster drastically, really quick, without having to you know uh, struggle to get players from Europe or uh, you know South America. All these you know because the season is starting right away. You know I'm assuming the preseason starting like middle of January. If this is the season starts, you know February 26th or maybe start at the start of February at the end of uh, January. Um, so I'm very interested to see what happens because I think you have to have a coach in mind and if they're having one that's in the MLS or who's coaching right now and one of these MLS playoffs or is over, over someone that's available like right now, like Almeida. Almeida, I think to me that makes sense. He has a connection, like I mentioned before, that Southern uh, South American connection. 
Um, and to me, that would be a big name, and I think I would love to see what he does. Now, I don't, I don't know if he's going to be the right head coach, you know, uh, for LAFC. But I think we'll, we'll have to see what 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 can happen and who becomes available. Edge, I know you want to speak. What What are your thoughts, brother? Oh no, I mean, um, I'm happy just like everyone else. Of course, you know, I think it was uh, long coming. Um, I think for all of 2021, people from the beginning almost uh, people kind of wanted a change already as um, Bob Bradley, I think from 2020, I mean, I know we did well in the Champions League, but um, it just felt like the team wasn't at MLS caliber after that. Um, and I think LAFC has kind of let us down in that regard that um, I, I strongly believe that John Thornton didn't really start 2021 with the right roster and didn't really accommodate um, a lot of the sales and injuries that came throughout 2021. And um, I think Bob Bradley was part of that. I think the 2.0, LAFC 2.0 restructuring, Bob ba Bob Bradley being out is just the first step. So when I saw this announcement today, I really thought, you know, okay, now we're getting places and now this is the beginning of LAFC 2.0. I have to say I slightly disagree that it's not a rebuild year. Um, I think we still have a lot of defensive problems. We have midfield problems. Um, another concern is if Vela, I know if we do re-sign him as a DP, that leaves us with two with, with one more DP spot. And I think we're going to definitely be needing another attacker just in case Vela doesn't really you know, step up to that role that we saw him in 2018, 2019. So um, we're definitely going to need some help in attack as well, hopefully DP level. Um, but yeah, besides that, I'm just really happy today because I, the like I said, I think this is the beginning of LAFC 2.0 and I hope that the front office, I think this shows rather that the front office is taking this seriously and that LAFC and LA need um, the MLS Cup. You know, I think they built this team with those types of visions, you know, more than just trying to sell players. We need actual cups in our city. Yeah, and look, and I, and I, would, I would agree with you. Um, this this tells me, like, how serious the front office is um, to move on for Bob Bradley. I just also think that, you know, there's also a lot of players, all right? The decision of Carlos Vela that has to be made soon. Um, you know, if he's staying, is he going? Regardless of what, what issues. It seems like to me that they hashed out most of the issues that they had during the season. I just think um, it, whether it's the, the money issue or something like that, whatever it is, or they've already signed it and they haven't made it official, maybe they want to do, do Bob first and then announce the Carlos Vela uh, uh, news first. But I, I think that news needs to be announced soon because then you – then the next coach who, who they have in mind gets to see what what he gets what what he can create what he can be a part of what project he's going to be able to do is it, is it does it include Carlos Vela does it not you know that's that's a big focal point for the next coach that comes in you know what what pieces does he have obviously you have Chicho you definitely have Brian but I think the other question for LAFC is like Diego Rossi hasn't been sold. And I don't know if, it's, if it looks like he's going to be sold. That's that's the biggest question because you don't want to start off this year. Uh, without three DPs again, and have that dilemma, and but they're they're gonna they're almost handicapped because um, I think I don't I don't recall I'm just gonna guess do an educated guess I think the the loan was till April or March or something like that I'm just guessing here, but the if the MLS season starts in, in February what February 26th, 24th, um that's almost two months again that you won't have a DP so if Rossi doesn't get sold over this window transfer window. 
then LAFC are gonna are gonna start the season with two with two DPs and that you know and wh- whoever's the coach even if it was Bob whoever's the coach you're gonna start with two DPs and I think you just can't have you just can't do that Rossi's already on the mind frame of moving on LAFC's already on the mind frame but if if if, if you know if they want to get a certain amount from Rossi that's why I said like the number like Rossi took a hit I I, I believe I, I believe this and I, I I'm going with this I want all chips in if LAFC was playing better they they probably would have sold Rossi the numbers would have been higher they probably would have got that but unfortunately that didn't happen and they they got a loan again from Rossi um, and I just don't think if you start 2022 without Rossi being sold I think you're gonna start a little a little behind just like you did 2021 and I think you you you'll have to you know we have to talk about John Thornton and what moves he's making because uh, yes, Bob. Okay. You can, you can give him Bob regardless whether the roster moves was Bob's fault or not. But you know, this year, even so, I think, you know, we're going to look more so at John in the front office than um, the coach, because this is his guy. This is his second guy in line. So, I think the DP is going to be a big thing, and also the defense and <laughs> and the goalie, which is a lot, a lot more things. But to me, the 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 goalie situation, the defense. I mean, I know we've talked about Jesus Murillo. Like, I don't think he's a starter, but I think he can come off the bench. Adi Segura is a starter, but I think you have to find someone else along that center back uh, position. I know Mamadou Fall is there. You have a couple players, but I think you have to have the first piece, which is a goalkeeper, and then you start building out your defense. And I'm also wondering, too, wouldn't you, like, to me, wouldn't you want your head coach making these decisions with John Thornton? Wouldn't you want your head coach? Um, that's why I feel it's, uh, the, the urgency uh, is a little there more for LAFC because if you're a head coach, you come in here and John built this team or the front office built this team, you're going to be like, well, I don't want these players. I have, you know, this is, I look for these type of players that are a winger that plays this type of way or a center back that can play with both feet or a goalkeeper that is not as aggressive or, you know, this, that's what I'm saying. Like having a coach making these decisions with the front office is so important because then you can build the team out together. Hey, I like to play a five in the back. I like to play a three in the back. I like to play a four, three, three. All these different things have to intertwine with the next head coach because, yeah, you can start bringing uh, – you look, if the front office starts making certain moves, bringing certain defenders, that certain things that make sense, okay. But I don't think you can go uh, this whole majority of us offseason without a head coach making these decisions uh, with the front office. Uh, Andy, let me ask you that. What What are your thoughts on uh, on making uh, these decisions being made, um, or some of these decisions, or how do you how how soon do you, do you think it is for how urgent it is for LAFC to to get a head coach? Uh, I think it's super urgent. I think that it's uh, I don't know if I want to say it's more urgent than figuring out the Carlos Vela situation, but it's definitely up there. I always, like I said earlier, I firmly believe there was going to be Bob first, Vela next, and then everything else falls in place, but. You have to, like you mentioned, you have to have that plan in place and you have to have that coach be part of these decisions because you can't go into a season thinking that you're going to just restructure the roster and then be like, hey, here you go. Here's the pieces you have to work with. Good luck. You have to have a coach that's going to have an input in that. You have to have, you know, different, like we mentioned, different styles, different different ways, formations of playing. And that all starts with the head coach. So it's it's 100% urgent with the fact that you mentioned that the season's coming around very quickly. It's not much of a break. And MLS anyway, so they're gonna get back to it fast. I I wouldn't be uh, I wouldn't be shocked if, if there's an announcement very very fast on the coaching front because they need to figure that out as well. They you know 
there's there's pressure and i think that we forget how much that does have a say and people like to discount discredit the fact that fans do make an impact but it's it's the truth i mean that this pressure of wanting a, a different direction um and head coach is, has been really going on since last year strong and it just got stronger this season and i think that jp mentioned it when you're in a market like la there's already expectations that come with that but the way that this team was built um, from everything that they've accomplished in the past with, with the historic season and MLS records and the Champions League success, all that all that fun stuff, there was expectations coming into this year. And I vividly remember, and I've brought this up many times this season, I vividly remember talking to Carlos Vela before this season started. And he said, this is the strongest LAFC squad I've ever seen. This is, you know, the most depth that we have. We look really good. And, you know, that's why those expectations were so high before the year started. And quickly we realized that, it wasn't going to be what they expected. And, and ultimately that it's all going to fall back on the coach. So if you, like you mentioned, if you start a season a little behind the ball, when you're still trying to figure out the Diego Rossi situation, the same way that they were dealing with Brian Rodriguez, then, then I think that is enough, enough of writing on the wall to be like, all right, this is beyond the coaching problem. Like this is now falling back on John Thornton more than it needs to, because that's when, when Edge says you start questioning a lot of these moves, but they have to hit the ground running. They, they're going to, they're going to – listen, this team is not going to be 100% ready to go when the season starts. So let's just get that out the way. It doesn't happen that way. It doesn't work that way. The summer transfer window is probably going to be huge for, for LAFC, but they do have to have a certain a certain shape and, and kind of like this is what it's going to look like because, once again, Bob Bradley had accustomed everybody to, to this type of LAFC, the style that he plays, the 4-3-3 the, this season with the back line of five, sometimes three, and – that pressing, that attack, you know, all of that is what everybody is used to seeing from LAFC. If if LAFC gets off to a slow start next season and they have no real, I guess, shape or no real identity early half of the year, which we know in MLS, the beginning of the season sometimes is not as indicative of what your team's going to be like the whole season, but they can't afford that because that's going to that's gonna start even more of a mess than if it was if it were to happen with Bob, you know? And I think that's the one thing that that is a little bit worrisome for them is like, there's going to be a lot of uncertainty going into this year. And that's why that, that head coach urgency is, is big because the less uncertainty you can have, it makes it a lot easier to, to make those decisions like you guys mentioned and what type of players you want to bring in and what personalities you want in the team and, and what qualities you're looking for. So there's urgency with everything. LAFC, they have really no time to waste and they knew that. And that's why I think that they, like I said, I was shocked that this announcement happened so fast, but it was the only right way to go about it. Because now the, the, the playoffs they're going to take a backseat to the playoffs. And now they have time to, for these next two weeks, a week and a half, whatever, up till December 10th, December 11th, when the season is officially over, when there's finally a champion, they have that time to work silently. And, you know, there's going to be, everything's going to be swirling around, but they have that time. They're not in the main stage. They're not the focus. Once that December, you know, 11 day hits, and now we're looking at all the teams again, and what does next season look like? LAFC automatically jumps to the front of that list. So it's like, you know, you have to, work under those circumstances knowing that the pressure is going to is going to be on right away again but they definitely have a little bit of time to work with but it's not it's not a lot it's definitely not a lot yeah and i would also say <clears throat> lafc you know doing this they just made it you know that they're, they're most i would say this is the most desirable job in all of mls i don't think i'm far off by saying that um you know to come coach lafc come come to a big market like la come you know coach in front of the 3252 
Um, and, but he also tells the next head coach, look, if you don't come in and win, you're, you're going to let go. I know some people, you know, felt like it was maybe a year overdue or not, but I, but I think, you know, setting those, 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 um, presidents with the next head coach and letting them know, Hey, this is what we want. Um, that's why I feel like, you know, they got it. Like, you know, whether it's also put like, obviously like putting the word out with all the MLS coaches that may be intriguing, you know, Hey, if you're coaching somewhere else where you're a contender, but you know, LAFC might look enticing to you. Cause Hey, I could do what I'm doing here, but I can go to LA and do that. Or I can go coach Carlos Vela, go coach Chicho or go coach Brian. That to me, if I'm a head coach, that to me becomes, uh, becomes something that I'm interested in or, or it becomes something that I'm not interested in, you know, because I, I, that's why I feel like I, I keep going back to Almeida, someone like Almeida, someone that is interesting in another opportunity. And you have, you know, you have the the resources that LAFC does in South America. You know, I, I definitely feel like a lot of a lot of coaches are going to be intrigued by the opportunity uh, because they know of what what that potential could come with. And I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if someone's already tied if a head coach from another MLS club is tied down and decides to opt out of his contract, or LAFC decide to to buy out his contract or whatever that may happen. Because to me, LAFC is the most uh, most attractive club right now to be a head coach. And I think it's the number one job in MLS. Um, now, now the, you know, the, the thing is right about Carlos Vela, you know, does he stay? Does he not go? I think that's a big question that that's the next step. I would, I would say the, the head coach, uh, I know you said Carlos Vela next, but I would say like, yeah, obviously moving on from Bob Riley and then getting the next coach and then getting Vela because then you can also make those decisions with the head coach. But, you know, I'm not, I wouldn't fight. I'm not going to fight if Vela leaves before they get the next coach. I just, I just think that you know, the pressure starting, it, they're starting to realize it from the fans, and you know, I know Sebastian had mentioned that you know the thirty-two fifty-two had a voice, but I also say all the LAFC fans have a voice, and you know that, uh, and I'm seeing that the, the front office is listening to to that voice because look, at the end of the day, the fans are the stakeholders. The fans are the ones that pay all the money, the three hundred dollar tickets, the twenty dollar beers, the hundred and something fifty dollar jerseys all these different right these two hundred dollar shoes I don't, I don't know how much these shoes were um but you got to give them something um to, to you know to please them and i think an mls cup you know and now now that the next head coach is coming i don't think an mls cup is going to happen next year unfortunately for lafc because I, I think that's just a big uh Big, big expectation. You know, uh, you see LA Galaxy, what they did this season, but, you know, they didn't even make the playoffs. It's such a uh, uh, task. It's such a huge task. But what do you know what I'm very con- curious about is, like, what's the next coach going to get? Is he going to get three years? Is he going to get four years? Like, how many years is he going to? Is the next head coach going to get? Um, JP, what are, what are your thoughts on giving the head, head coach? Uh, how many years the next head coach should get? Um. I mean, you and me have talked about it. GMs always outlive um, the coaches, but um, I think it should be another three-year process um, because how many coaches outside of MLS come in their first year and win? I don't think there's any. You know, Tata didn't win in his first year, I don't think. Uh, Don't quote me. Yeah, he won in his second year. So it has to be... You know the likelihood of 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 us going international or LAFC going international, getting international coach, and him coming and winning in his first year very unlikely. If he goes domestic, then yeah, maybe maybe we can you know pull it off this this year or whatever. But I think it has to be three years. It has to be a process. Um, you know, the the term rebuild for me is is you you expect or everybody expects the team to not you know 
do as good as they're supposed to, or, or you know, just playoffs minimum. That's that's a rebuild for me. M- LAFC doesn't have that talent. They have MLS talent, you know. So it's just strengthening, you know, the back line and getting a bit more MLS experience in two or three positions, and it's it's solid. Um, and then, you know, and with three years, I think a coach, a new, the new coach, should be able to do that. But you know, now it's all, all the pressures on JT um, and the responsibilities on JT to you know get a coach, build a, a team around him. I don't think any coach is going to be mad about coaching Carlos Vela. I I, I don't think so. Um, now that, that we also have a new physical trainer that 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 isn't talked about. You know, he left before Bob left. Um, so maybe maybe the injuries stop happening because it's been reoccurring injuries, and then when it's reoccurring injuries, you kind of have to look at the physical therapist and say, or the physical trainer and say, you know, what's happening here. So um, with a new coach, you know, usually they bring their their staff with with mm-hmm. the goalie coach, with therapists and everything. Um, and I think giving them three years should be enough. Yeah, I, I I would agree. I think three years with the club option to to add it to a four year. I don't know if that was similar to Bob's, but I, I would assume so. Um, yeah, I, I think three years is fair, uh, especially uh, and to try to win a championship. Real guy, a three year plan is is nothing crazy. Um, you, you you we are in LA, we do expect championships out here, so I, I definitely feel like three years is is enough um, for a coach to to get an opportunity to win. Uh, Edge, what what are your thoughts on that? I mean, three three years sounds fair to be honest, but it really depends on his performance too. I mean, if if he's doing like trash the first year, I wouldn't <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if he was fired at the end of the season. We have to try again, you know. It's it's gonna be a well. You definitely don't want that. You you definitely want to hit the nail on the head on the first one. But I, I agree with what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, what I'm 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 concerned about is the the point that you brought up. You know, does does this new coach have a say in? the new signings and having him in on time. And that's, I think that's very important, you know, and um, all I know is that LAFC has been always very um, complacent with their current squad and make minor shifts. And we constantly hear, Oh, you know, we're very, we're very, uh, we trust our squad to do this and this. And it's kind of already gotten a little old. And when this new coach comes in and makes these new signings, they need to be aggressive with this. I mean, there's the under 22 DP initiative that we need to take advantage of. Um, currently, Galaxy has like four DPs, and one of them, I think that um, Serbian kid, um, I forget how to pronounce his name. I think he's one of the young DPs. And whatever it takes to get these new Jovic, signs. No, Jovic is, isn't one of them. Sorry, I might have been. Uh, I think it's uh, Carvajal, uh, the other one. Sorry, um, Cabral. Maybe it's Cabral. No, it's it's it's, uh, it's someone else. But I, I get what you're saying. They they got to be able to they got to be able to maximize. Yes, they need. And and LAFC never does it. We always have like two DPS or something, and we're like, oh, we're very confident in our squad. And it's like, no, we need to really take advantage of all of these loopholes and initiatives. We need to have four DPS on that freaking field, and or even five, and take care of. I mean, take care of business and have the correct squad and stop relying on these USL and youth players. You know, I know that this year we were plagued with a lot of injuries and we had to rely on them more, but we really need to have, I mean, rather maximize our standing. And if that requires bringing in more young players at a, like proven young players that are young DPs and so be the case, or if it even means bringing in a proven older player as a loan, the way the Galaxy did with Zlatan when they brought him in as a loan at first and they had 40 DPs on the field. Whatever it takes. Um, LAFC needs this freaking cup and we need to stop being so confident in all of this older squad that we have and really bring in the talent that we need. 
Yeah, no, I, I, I they definitely do uh, need a new new squad, and I, I would also say, I think you know, talking about you know the USL side, um, Las Vegas Lights, because I think it was only like a one year thing. We'll see what happens next year moving forward, because I know a lot of players are moving up and down. I'm very curious to see what happens with that. Uh, um, obviously, Steve Shirondolo, I'm assuming he, if, if he's not looked at for head coach, he, he'll probably still be running that. But I also wonder, you know, how, how did it flow? Because we, we were, I wasn't at the training grounds any any time at all this year because of COVID. I didn't get the opportunity. I know some reporters went like once or twice, but they told me it wasn't necessarily worth it. But we didn't really get to see how it really flowed. And I don't think it really flowed that well. If we're going to be honest, there was a couple of players that were injured. Some players were, were practicing with the first team, the second team. I know they're all trying to train in the same training ground and all that. But I think that has to also be addressed. That's another big thing for LAFC. Um, you know, you see how Christian Torres, you know, Tony Leone. Uh, I think they won the, what was it, Condes Lones Cup. I can't even say it. Um, they won something against USA. But I also, if, if I'm LAFC, LAFC fan, I also want to see those young guys that, uh, Christian Torres, who we've seen score against the uh, Portland Timbers to tie the game, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, but that kid needs to also be getting looked at by the next head coach because you want to be, be able to build that academy and show that pathway, and Christian Torres is that pathway where everybody else can see, hey, uh, there's an opportunity. I'm going to choose this academy over that academy, or the Gal- I'm going to choose LAFC Academy over the Galaxy Academy because there's a clear path to the MLS. And I just felt like, you know, a player like Christian Torres – a player like Bryce Duke, obviously Mabu Dufal got his opportunity, but I think those some of those players have to be given an opportunity uh, to succeed. Now, if you got a, a veteran midfield, that makes sense. Okay, that would, make, that would make sense to me that Bryce Duke is not getting that many minutes or something like that. But like a year like they had this year with all the injuries, I was very surprised that Christian Torres wasn't didn't play any first-team minutes this season. And I know he's still developing and doing all this stuff, but when a player can score against uh, the Portland Timbers away and do that, I think he needs to be getting more reps. You know, So I'm very interested to see what the next head coach does and what what that next line of you know USL players that pipeline and what LAFC tries to do? Look, it's not an easy thing, but you, they got to be able to figure it out because it's such a big market, right? Because if if, if the lights is going to be their pipeline, they they got to make it uh, smooth a lot more quicker. And I and I wouldn't want to see I wouldn't want to see like first team players like uh, Apoku uh, go back down there because you got they lost them to like the first the first game of the. Early in the season, I forgot what game, but early in the season, you know, to a knee injury, he was doing a phenomenal job with Rossi. I think it was, uh, it was Corey Baird at the time because our fellow was injured, but we never saw him ever again. And, you know, because he was going back and forth. But I, I just don't think if someone that's a, uh, you know, quality first team starter or coming off the bench, yes, you want to get him some minutes. But I, I think th- that was a bad decision to let a player like Opoku I'll go back and forth. A player like Bryce Duke completely makes sense. A player like Danny Masovsky completely makes sense because you're still getting your rhythm. But I always saw Poco as a first team. Um, you know, I'm very interested to see, you know, I was just talking about Danny, what his future looks like. Because I, I, I feel like Danny Masovsky could could very succeed or be a starter in any other MLS club. There's just too much There's just too much uh, forward talent in LAFC. And I, I just don't think – I just don't see him as a starter necessarily for LAFC unless there's injuries or he's able to continue to break out. So there, there's a lot, a lot of decisions, but um, I, I think that's something to, uh, to to think about when you when LAFC is moving forward. What what is that pipeline going to look like? What are they going to do? Who is right? Is Vela going to continue to be the star? Is it what type of what type of role does he want to play? Because I think you know all these questions 
that that were asked, you know, and then we finally got our solution, our answer today to you. Obviously, Bob Bradley moving on. But look, I do want to say something about Bob Bradley. Look, the man, the man uh, Andy, I know you know him just as I do, or, or but I, I got to know him really well. Look, obviously, you know, what he did this season, uh, I just don't feel like he lived up to, to get another opportunity with LAFC, but, you know, he, he he's a really cool guy. <laughs> Even though he could be a dick at first, I'm going to be honest, that dude could be a dick at first. Um, but once he actually got to get to know you, I don't know if you guys saw that video that I posted uh you know, you could joke with them. And I could tell, like, throughout the, you know, the last couple of seasons uh, that, you know, there was, like, he, he had, like, more respect for me because initially he, he he didn't get to know me. And then he realized that, like, anytime I would ask him, like, a difficult question, I know that's very that's very rare to see people ask difficult questions of Bob Bradley uh, on the press calls. But I could tell he respected that because he knew where it was coming from. And, you know, and a lot of people wouldn't either don't want to or, or don't want to ask difficult questions. But I could tell you know, the more and more I, I got to know him and ask him questions, he knew where it was coming from and he respected that. So, like I said, I just want, I just want to wish him the best of luck. I, I'm pretty sure he's not, he's not going to have uh, any trouble finding a job, but that's, that's, that's what I just want to say about Bob. But moving forward to the 2021 season, what, what do you, Andy, what do you want to see with, with, uh, with, with Brian Rodriguez? Now we're seeing your boy Chicho getting some minutes with the national team. What does a Chicho in 2021 or 2022, excuse me, look like i think confidence wise he's probably going to be the same he's one of those players that he's really really, he's a baller man he just likes to play he's not complicated he's easy to get along with and we heard bob praise him throughout the season on how much of an impact he had just because of his positivity on the field just because the way he is his persona so i think we're going to see great things from from uh chicho next season uh as as expected he came in super hot when he finally got to la and and he proved that he could be a, a, a great goal scorer in this league and a great player in this league, just running up the ranks of the Golden Boot race. Um, so it's going to be – I think it'll be a big season for him to keep proving himself. Obviously, now that he's uh, getting looks from the Columbia national team, that's going to continue to motivate him to do well. So I think for him, it, it'll be big. And, and everything just kind of falls on that because if we're being honest, we have to see what the Vela situation looks like. But we talked about it throughout the year plenty of times, like, Chicho is a person you could market easily, you know, and we saw it a lot with, with LAFC social media um, using him a lot throughout the year. Obviously, Vela was hurt and Atuesta was hurt. They're bigger name players, but Chicho was easy to get behind for fans, for for media, for anybody, really. So I think that he's going to be a, this, the piece that you need to build around, the centerpiece. And I think he should be he should be a, a focus in, in what the team wants to do moving forward. Now, we're talking about a coach with a different formation. We could talk about Chicho being more in his natural role. We might even see a better Chicho next year, him playing actual striker like he's used to when he was down in Millonarios in Colombia. So it's going to be a revelation depending on what type of looks the the next LAFC head coach is going to roll with, considering you have to deal with a, a pretty, um, I, I want to say, offensive-minded team when you factor in players like Brian Rodriguez, players like Sifu who could push the ball forward really well. Um, and, and things like that. So I think that it, it'll be interesting to see what exactly um, that attack looks like because we're so used to seeing that top line of three. And Bob, like I said earlier, custom was to, to getting um, one version of LAFC. And, and it'll be very interesting to see how these players fit with this new coach. But I think that, um, I think that yeah, I think it starts and ends with Chicho. I mean, clearly he's the, he's the guy moving forward that is going to be leading this team. Whether or not Vela stays, I think we've seen that 
his impact is, is big enough for LAFC to really get behind him, the players, the locker room, and anybody involved with the black and gold. Yeah, no, I, I would I would I would definitely agree with that. Um JP, what what are your thoughts on potentially see what we could see in twenty twenty two with um with Brian Rodriguez? Yeah, um that's the guy who I'm I'm most interested in. You know, Chicho's is getting called up with, with Colombia. Um he's gonna, you know, stay that like that. But, but Brian is, is the not the bigger question, but I think he has the highest ceiling, um, because just of how young he is, of how hungry he really wants to get get back to Europe. Um, and, and he's getting call-ups, you know, regardless of how Uruguay is doing internationally. Call-ups are, are always going to help you. Um, he he was the best player against the Rapids. Um, you know, the, the last games of the season, he was always trying to, you know, create chances, be dangerous. And he, he finally got goals to, you know, back those up, which, you know, in seasons past, he just couldn't finish. Um, he would give assists and, 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 you know, create chances and be great like that. But he just overall wouldn't finish. And now I think he's, He's finding finding the back of the net, and I think that's dangerous. Um, you know, Andrew Weeby tweeted it out. You know, um, when LAFC still had you know some hope of, of making the playoffs, and he said nobody's gonna want to play against a Brian Rodriguez, Chicho, and Carlos Vela front three. Um, you know, because regardless, anybody, any one of those three can can do it themselves. You know, um, Brian also now has some as a goal scorer who's gonna and now he's gonna rack up assists. You know, he's gonna cross it to Chicho. Um, they've obviously are going to go on chemistry, and and he's going to have somebody to finish it, uh, finish his chance. You know something I guess LAFC hadn't had in a while. Um, you know, and then he came mid season, and then teacher started scoring. So I think Brian has the highest ceiling. Um, ultimately, Brian does not want to be here long term. So if he you know has a has another stellar season, he's gone. You know, this might be his last season at LAFC because he's he's reiterated Europe is my goal. Um, not being, you know, not winning MLS Cup with LAFC, not being, you know, the dog here. It's being the dog in Europe, you know. So ultimately, one good season, and we might say bye bye to him, which is fine because that's obviously what the goal was, you know, flip him. But um, we try to, I guess, we have to really milk him this season and and try to try to get the best of him. Yeah, I, th- I don't know. I think we still may we may see Brian for for another couple of seasons because they. The asking price, what LAFC paid for was eleven point something million. So twelve, unless someone's willing to cough up twelve million dollars or more, I don't know. Unless unless Brian has a, a, a phenomenal year, which he's very capable of, I, I don't, I don't know if we see Brian move on after the season. I just, every, I think everything uh, goes in play. You know, um, you look at the season. Rossi had and they weren't able to move him after that 2020 season yes I know it was COVID but even this season it was a little bit more difficult so I just want to see uh, I also want I'm very curious how LAFC does in the international market you know with selling the players or moving these players you know the next player for me is a Twesta that's the next player to move uh, I would say in the summertime I would expect a Twesta move in the summertime um, you know, if he, he has, if he still has those aspirations to go to Europe and he, he's still doing, I know he had a very, he had a, uh, difficult season this year. I don't think we, we saw the twister that we used to see. And, uh, I definitely felt like it was, it was not his best year out of all the years that I see, but he's more than capable for, from bouncing back. Uh, Edge, what do you want to see from a twister this 2022 season? Uh, a twister or, or Rodriguez? A twister. Oh, a twister. Uh, I think everybody wants to see his return form. I know that the um, his injuries, you know, have been very difficult on him. So I don't think anybody is like 
unfairly assessing him coming back from these types of injuries and all that. Um, obviously, 2021 was a very mediocre year for him. And, you know, when he was back and playing and back on the pitch, he wasn't too impressive most of the time, but you could still tell he was the best midfielder in LAFC. So, you know, I, I think obviously everybody wants to see that old Twesta back as well as Vela, all these players that have been in Eddie Segura everybody's like really hoping that they return from their injuries and are back to their prime 2019 level. Um, as far as uh, Brian Rodriguez, you know, I think right now that he's kind of the golden boy of LAFC and, you know, for two, a year and a half or two now, he's, you know, it's all been speculation. Is this going to, is he going to be the big, the big um, next uh, MLS transfer to Europe, you know, for $20 million. And I think this year, um, is, you know, for him personally, I think it's his biggest goal that he has to get to Europe. And I think, you know, this season he has to prove himself more than any other year. Not just with the MLS, but also with, you know, Uruguay. I think he could only um, go off of his youth for so long and, you know, keeping people on that um, the fish hook, you know, like people will start to lose their curiosity if, let's say, he has another mediocre year. Um, I think that he knows that. And, I, you know, I'm really hoping that that's going to be a huge motivating factor for him this season and that he really breaks out. Yeah, and also, I think, uh, isn't Uruguay, like, on the brink of not making the World Cup? Qualify? Yeah, yeah, they're on the brink, correct. Uruguay himself, you know, I think he's kind of fortunate in that regard that Uruguay right now doesn't have the the strongest golden generation pipeline, you know, like he, they're kind of open-minded to him. And I think if, and, you know, two, three years ago when you're, well, I feel was, like that may hurt him. If Uruguay doesn't go to the world cup, he's not going to get that exposure that. If oh yeah. LFC I'm just saying in general, the want. reason he was called up is because they are lacking in that kind gotcha, of gotcha. pipeline depth. Um, but yeah, as far as Chicho Arango, you know, he's obviously the star of LAFC right now. And I think 2021, he wants to continue that. I think he's well aware of his competition in Vela. And, um, I think he wants to, I think that, that, um, call up to Colombia was a huge, um, motivation for him. You know, I think that he wants to keep doing that. And I think, you know, this is going to be really good, healthy competition for Chicho Arango next next year. I just really hope that he builds chemistry in the off season with Carlos Vela and Brian Rodriguez and they become like, you know, this killer trio. Also, you know, this new DP that we should be getting hopefully is an attack and, you know, we, we bring even more depth to our attack and, you know, have, you know, somebody like Rodriguez or Vela coming off the bench and it was like, would be stellar, you know? So um, I'm really curious to see what our attack will be with, you know, in 2022, with yeah. The look, I think any, I think any, any attack that LAFC has, like I said, that's that's very intriguing for 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 any head coach that that is looking at this team. I just think to me, it's like uh, it's the biggest question is going to be on the defensive end and the goalkeeping, and then you, then you can put your plan in place how you want to play, and and how you want to move the team, and just just different things like that. I think those are the biggest questions. Now there's going to be, you know, there's going to be a new sheriff in town. What is that sheriff going to do? Who's who's who are, who are the soldiers going to call up to come play for LFC? Because like, I just feel like, you know, that look as as us, you know, as me just covering that must four years now, and you know, I'm seeing how LFC is also like maturing and moving. Obviously, the organization. Like I said, look, let's not get it twisted. This is a big, big moment for LFC. Whether I know some of you guys are very happy, some of you guys, uh, you know, unsure. 
because uh, it was Bob Bradley. But nevertheless, this is one of the biggest moments in LAFC history. Unfortunately, you wish I know you wish there was an MLS Cup, but to me, this is telling me like, hey, LAFC starting to mature. They're starting to make certain decisions, the, the difficult decision, because anytime you move away from a coach that was there since the fact, since before the season started, you know, you saw the, you know, it's like, I don't want to compare. I know we had someone compare it. Uh, I'm not going to compare it uh, to that, but, um, you know, you, you see something go from the start. It, it, it's an amazing feeling, but obviously you, you it's a breakup, right? It's a breakup. Two people are moving on, but I think the next person that comes in, um, you know, has to know what foundation was laid and what they got to do, right? And everything, you know, every, every wound can be solved with winning. And you win a cup, you're right. Like I said, it's not going to be easy, but like I think three years for LAFC um, is more than doable with the next head coach. Now, I know uh, to me, like I said, I, I, I'm just throwing names out. I know they uh, we're talking about Steve Sharondolo, Almeida. Those those are a couple of names to me that just come to mind. Uh, I'm not going to put Tata Martino there because he's still going to coach. Uh, Mexico, even if Mexico, the only way I see Tata Martino being available is if Mexico just fall out of qualifiers or, or, of qualifying for the World Cup. So that's not there. Uh, that's not going to happen at at this moment. Um, but we'll see what happens after the next round uh, of qualifiers. But I, I would say those two right now. And I think, you know, I have to look at what other team MLS teams um, are in the playoffs because I think, you know, you got you got to start looking at what's what's available and you got to start making the decisions quick. Um because it's that season starting soon. We're, we're already halfway. Well, it's November eighteenth next month. Uh, you got Christmas and everything, and then January, you got the 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 window. The excuse me, the winter win, uh, transfer window. Um, so there's a lot of a lot of pieces that are going to be moving in there. But yeah, I, I just I I think it's just it's, it's unfortunate what happened. Uh, even both teams, but look, if, if you don't make the playoffs and you have this big of a fan base, it, drastic moves have to happen. And unfortunately, the you know the buck had to stop somewhere, and it, and it was with Bob Bradley. Um, and now I think I think you move on. Um, JP, any any final thoughts? Or right, unless anybody anybody in the chat has any questions before we sign off, quickly go ahead and I'll request and I'll accept your 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 question. Uh, but JP, any any final while we have that going on, any final thoughts? I think just announcements need to start coming quick. Um, we this week or next week, things just the ball need to start needs to start rolling. Um, they need to announce Vela if he stays, if he's leaving, and who the new coach is. You know, it can't be the week before before Christmas, and they decide to to announce. You know, who the coach is. Um, JT should have already known or had an idea, and he should have already started. You know, interviewing. Um, I just want to see things things start rolling. Uh, yeah, I think that's already happened. I think that's happening. I just don't think the I think I would say the decision of making the coach. Yeah. Um, besides that, I mean, the, the, the ceiling is still, or the expectation to me is, you know, top four in the West and then, you know, go from there and, and have championship aspirations every year. Uh, that's just my, my take on it. Um, but the faster things start getting announced, um, the I guess the quicker they can start working. <laughs> I would agree. I would agree. I think top four is it should always be an expectation for LAFC, um, especially with the type of star power that they have. Uh, I don't think that, that that's too crazy to say. Andy, any any final thoughts? Oh, I mean, I think we covered everything. I, I believe that it's it's going to be uh, if this year was hard for LAFC, I feel like next year for sure is going to be difficult with all that turnover. But we mentioned it throughout the season that this was expected this year, and I think that's why the um, expectations for the team in general were just so high because we kind of knew that after the season, things were going to move, man, and players were going to leave even during the season. 
we knew that there was a possibility that players would leave like Diego Rossi and Atuesta and whatnot. So um, this, you know, you, you mentioned that you, I feel like in an ideal world, people would say, all right, we'll, we'll let Bob get another shot at it. But the time reign is course. Um, I think the conversations probably, they just couldn't find an agreement because ideally they would say, Hey, we'll give him one more year and see, but Bob was not probably going to agree to just being here for another year. And that's that. So, um, you know, you, you part ways, you say, thank you and move on. And uh, for LAFC, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens next because, like we mentioned throughout the the spaces, you could you could pinpoint a lot of blame on Bob, but at the end of the day, there's a lot of areas in the team that you could look at and and say that they were at fault for certain situations throughout the year, and we can name names and, and games and players. So uh, we're not. I, I don't think that it's just going to take a coach to come in here and change things miraculously for LAFC, which is going to be interesting because that's going to dictate you know moving forward. Uh, where this team really is at. You guys are saying there's high expectations, but look at, you know, look at the West right now and the top four teams that are, are going to be playing in the playoffs, just the top four. Like those are four ridiculous teams that probably should not have much fall off next year. If you factor in Colorado taking first, Seattle is Seattle still. Uh, SKC with a coach like Peter Vermees is always going to be competitive. And then Portland is just always in there. So um, it's not going to be easy at all for LAC. It's going to be a lot of, um, a lot of a process. And I think that, we'll see exactly how much these players are, are going to be, I guess, worthy of what the situation is. And that's going to, that's going to really kick in what you guys are talking about LAFC 2.0 and whether or not this team is going to have to, to make some more drastic changes than just Bob Bradley. No, I look, I completely agree with you. And I, and, and look, any head coach knows what they're coming in. I, I'm with you. I just still think they should be able to fight for top four. It's not going to be easy on the on the top four, but I completely agree with what you're saying, Andy. Uh, Edge, go ahead, and I think we got one request here from Victor. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to say for my last thought that, you know, I want LAFC to stop being comfortable that they built this huge LA brand, you know, and living off of that. Um, they came with big promises in 2018, and they haven't lived up to them. You know, they made a, they've made a lot of mistakes, and I want to see them own up to it. And, you know, Bob Bradley leaving is the first step in the right direction. And um, this should be a pivot year. They, they need to know that they can lose the fan base. You know, it's, it's not impossible. Just because you built a cool stadium and a cool experience doesn't mean that that's all that's needed. You know, we, we need to see results and um, the the fan base has been nothing but amazing, you know, supporting this club. And I think, you know, that the fans deserve that, you know, replicated or not replicated, but rather get to to pay it forward in that regard. You know, I think L.A. deserves a cup and, you know, this offseason coming up, they need to make big changes. You know, LAFC 2.0 should have never even been 2.0. We should have gotten the cup. <laughs> Agreed. It should, have, it should have been 1.0 with the cup, just like Atlanta. You know, LA is a big city. We're the biggest soccer city in the U.S. And to be struggling like this is rather pathetic, to be honest. And, you know, I, I'm not letting it go from John Thornton that he messed up these first four years. But, you know, we have to look forward and hope that LAFC 2.0 will be, you know, where things are fixed. If not, you know, we have to start looking at bigger names and bigger heads going. But um, I'm hopeful and I'm going to be optimistic coming into 2022. And, you know, Bob, once again, Bob Bradley is the first big change and we want to see more big signings. Hey, look, that, that's fair enough to say. Look, I appreciate your words. Uh, Victor, let's get you in here. Uh, mute yourself. What question do you have? Hey, what's going on, guys? Uh, good listening to you guys. Uh, 
Also, I've had the pleasure of meeting Andy out there in uh, L.A., so just to, um, props to you guys for the continued coverage. Um, I did want to ask you guys, as you follow the team closer, uh, it does seem like LAFC kind of, you know, it all, it all started strong, right? And then it just kind of, you know, kept waning down a little bit. You know, this year they got rid of uh, of Mark Anthony Kay. Um, uh, you know, why was the team not, you know, kind of going that direction? Did, um, maybe you guys can answer that, you know, especially with, you know, if it was the last go-around for, uh, you know, possibly Vela, obviously Bradley, uh, now that we know this, uh, why not make the effort to, to have kept, uh, you know, the, the the trio, Brian Rodriguez, Diego Rossi, Carlos Vela? Well, just uh, well, I, I hear what you're saying. I, I see you cover Houston Dynamo, which which is amazing. Um, just to brief, briefly go over that, uh, I mean, anybody could say it any type of way, but look, there was injuries. Right, Rossi wanted to be out. Um, he was ready to move on to Europe. Um, Carlos Vela got injured. Uh, that didn't help. Then I had a bunch of USL players. You know, the list goes on and on. You know, um, you know, LFC kind of went on a drought, and obviously the expectation was to win the MLS Cup, but I. Look, I said this since the beginning. I just felt when they first, they only brought in, um, this is my personal take, when they only brought in Corey Baird, Kim Muan, and um, Marco Farfan to this team, I just felt like that wasn't enough to win an MLS Cup. I feel like that was enough to 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 uh, bring in, to have a solid run at right. the playoffs. Right, it didn't seem like healthy. they replenished the roster. I mean, yeah. They, to me, that that to me it kind of blew my mind and still does. But look, I don't want to go too far back. But that's just to answer the question. They they just didn't. I I just felt like they didn't reload properly, and I felt like they kind of got uh, what's the word uh, contingent on what they were um, already had. Like, hey, we've been successful with the Twista Vela, but they I don't think they realized that every every other team in the league was going to get better. Um, but I think this is a learning experience for everybody in LAFC and an organization. Like, look, you always got to be able to bring in new players or adapt or have players off the bench uh, and bring in more than just three players. And I, and I feel like we're going to see a big change, whether that was on Bob or there's on, on John uh, on the front office. I felt like that was a little bit more more on both of them uh, on trying to it's – always, it's almost kind of being a little too too overconfident on what you're, or too cocky on what you have and not – and not realizing like, hey, the rest of the league uh, can also get, you know, can also get better. Andy, I know you want to say something. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Victor, what's up, man? Good to hear from you. Salute to the striker, Texas. Um, yeah, I think you just mentioned it, Jared. That's what I was about to say. I think that the plan was let's stick with these guys. And once that first piece fell of, of sending Rossi to, to, to Turkey, I think they were like, oh, snap. Like, this is about to disband quickly. We need to try to do something to cover up our holes because – I think they came in with the expectation that even if they were able to sell Rossi, I don't think they were expecting to sell him in Atuesta this season, but for sure, one, I think they were fine with it. And I think, like Gio said, I think they were complacent with that team that they had, that they were like, you know, we'll be good enough to compete. Cause, and that's, once again, going back to the larger conversation we're having, that's that's mo- not mostly, but that's very a very big part of that is on Bob Bradley and his style and his persona and his way of going about things. Like, from the very beginning of him being in LA, it was never there was a lot of sense of not enough accountability. When they lost to, to Seattle after being the Galaxy in the playoffs, I vividly remember that day. He just was everything in the press conference was like basically our football failed us, our football failed us. And it's like at some point that just can't be the excuse anymore. Like you guys just weren't good. You weren't good enough. And that's it is what it is. Seattle was better, Seattle was stronger, Seattle was tougher. 
And even up to these very last moments, I mean, he did have a little bit more more moments this season where he had a little bit more of accountability and was vulnerable because it was hard to mask it. But at the end of the day, it was still very, you know, we're making these mistakes here and there, our football this, our football that. And it's like, that's that's not going to get the job done. So I think that it was, like you guys mentioned, they didn't, they didn't fill the roster up the way they needed to when they realized that pieces were going to start falling. And then those injuries that happened, like Eddie Segura going down in the season, really showed um, faults and flaws that players like, Jesus David Murillo had like certain other players. And I always laugh at the way that LAFC fans had kind of turned a little bit on Mark Anthony K this year. And it's like, man, that, that team in Colorado went, went ahead and took first in the West. Not only that, there's not any real huge superstars on that team. That's just a team with exactly. really solid players that is playing well. And that goes to show when you have, when you have players that buy in, when you have a coach like Robin Frazier, who has been excellent this year, who I just wrote would have probably won coach of the year if it wasn't for Bruce Arena and the Revs. Like Agreed. that, that's just a, te- that's a testament of how this league is and how different things could be. So I think a little bit of that really does is reflective exactly of why LAC and Bob Bradley find themselves in that situation today. Yeah, no, I agree. Victor, thank you for your question. I know Eric, he has a question. Eric, go ahead. And yeah. Yeah. It was kind of, uh, you know, uh, it was to Andy kind of with what was just going, but, um, you know, talking about moving Rossi and then not thinking they were complacent with the firepower, um, which it kind of seemed like Rossi was kind of after they already had trouble. But wouldn't they have learned that lesson from Zimmerman in 19? Because I think they thought they could move him and they would have enough firepower. And then the defense completely fell apart. Like, it's kind of the same lesson twice, isn't it? I, look, that is a very great point there. I just, I, I think the the aura that I got from, you know, covering, look, covering both teams and uh, both teams in LA, I didn't necessarily see it, uh, the bravado of LAFC, because I was so in it. But once I started talking to other media members that cover the other team, um, and then I took a step back from LAFC, I realized how big of a bravado the people within the organization had obviously Bob Bradley and all that. Um, and I think they were just, they were either on the Walker Zimmerman, they were way too optimistic on Tristan Blackman. And obviously that didn't work because the things that Zimmerman did were the intangibles was like, he was speaking in Spanish to, you know, Eddie Segura. He was learning, he was learning Spanish to, to speak with Eddie Segura. He was just doing a lot of things that, that he was Tristan Blackman. Obviously is not as vocal uh, as Walker Zimmerman, and I think to me they they were just too um, oh this will work they they were just um, too overconfident on that aspect and the same thing with uh, Diego Rossi um, which which a lot of, look to go back on Zimmerman a lot of people are saying that's one of the worst trades um, and I and, and well I mean it, it definitely sure feels like is is that that when I woke up and I saw that news of Walker Zimmerman I remember it to this day I was like what the hell Zimmerman I was like what do you do like you know and they're like. Oh, because they're gonna get like 1.2 million dollars and blah blah. But I know, dude. Every time I see Zimmerman on the national team and kill it, I'm like, dude, this has to kill LAFC. Like the fans, um, and also the front office. Because watching Walker Zimmerman play the other day, or I don't know, I don't recall, was it against Jamaica? I think they played against Jamaica. Um, and I forgot. I don't know if he played. I'm assuming. He, I don't know. I don't think he played against you in Mexico. I don't know. But I, that has to, you know, in some way, kind of not feel good because you traded away a, a, the best center back, the best defender in the league, and he's doing great. And obviously, it just didn't work. But with with Diego Rossi, in my opinion, I just felt like they they didn't prepare properly. Like they didn't. I think to me, it was more of like 
they thought uh, it was Corey Baird was going to do the job that Brian Rodriguez was going to do. I think they expected Diego Rossi to, to, to leave, but their their solution, what, what I read, was Corey Baird was going to be the solution while Brian Rodriguez was gone and then while R- Rossi left. And that, to me, is like Corey Baird cannot replace what Diego Rossi does, even though he, he didn't have a good season. And I just think, like, um, maybe it, it, hopefully it's a wake up call to them because even when Eddie Segura da- went down this season, if you guys recall, they went and got a, a, a goalkeeper. They didn't go get a, a. They went to go get a Jamal Blackman instead of a def- uh, instead of a center back. Now that's not to say that uh, um, what, what's the name? So many goalkeepers. The the Salvadorian kid. I'm forgetting his name. Um, Romero. Romero. Yeah. That's not to say Romero was going to come and, and continue to have the say, but to me, just certain things is like why you go, why you go get a goalkeeper, spend an international spot when you can go spend an international spot on a defender. So I just feel like certain certain things of those decisions. Sometimes, look, I, I'm, I've never been a GM or anything like that, but like you know, clear everybody here can understand that we we have some sense of the game. But I just feel like some some of those decisions were very head scratching and just didn't come to me. It just didn't make sense. And I feel like hopefully that has all been a learning lesson for LAFC. Yes, they're still a younger club, but I feel like these have to be very big learning lessons because you can't sell away the best center back in the league and then, you know, you get Maria who doesn't get back. Oh, look, let's say Maria doesn't work out. you got to be able to move him and bring someone else in for next year or, or, or put him on the bench or something like that because, to me, Maria is not that the solution. Now, I know it's tricky to move players back and forth, but look, uh, those decisions have been made now. Okay, what's the next step? How, how do you move forward? How do you? What, and I'm not seeing those the solutions right away from LAFC. I think they're still, I think they're still hoping that maybe you know with the Jamal Blackman signing the goalkeeper, they're like, oh, okay, even if our defense is not that good, we just get a really tall goalkeeper and he'll be able to save us. I'm like, no, that doesn't work. It doesn't matter how tall your goalkeeper is. If that is, if that back line is not good, those goals are going in no matter if your goalkeeper is ten feet tall. Or six feet tall, or, or five feet, five feet eleven, like Romero is like so that. That's just that's just the way I think, and I I may be thinking too logical, but like that that just to me, those decisions never made sense to me, and they still don't to this day. And I and I and I think from here on out, you just got to be able to bounce back from that. Look, we're all humans; we all can make mistakes, right? But I just think you got to be able to bounce back. You can't. You can't commit, keep committing these these same mistakes. Now, I wouldn't walk, call Walker Zimmerman and um, Diego Rossi uh, move. I wouldn't call that the same mistake. I, I think those are two separate uh, situations, two different things. Um, so I wouldn't call that same mistake. I haven't seen the same mistakes, but I've I've seen similar head scratching moves that make me want to like. Uh, I don't know if you should be going after this player or doing that. But I, I don't know if that. I hope that answers your question, Eric. Yeah, no, it was it was good. <laughs> I will say this to to uh, to that point. Um, there's been a lot of conversation right on social media throughout the year that people were frustrated with Bob, obviously, and people were frustrated with with John Thornton. And we mentioned it a lot on on your podcast, Gio, that you know it it was never going to be a thing where Thornton was going to leave. But I think Bob not being here no more is going to start putting a lot more accountability on that front office. And when you factor in situations like 100%. the one with Diego Rossi and the situation with um, with Walker and Brian Rodriguez and whoever the case may be, you have to start realizing things like that because I think that in a way they were a little nervous this season when it came to Diego Rossi because let's be honest, remember before he left, he was not playing well at all. And it was like, oh, snap, 
maybe this window is closing a lot faster than we expected it because in an ideal world, 2020 would have been the year that those players moved on after having such a great season, after, you know, having an international uh, tournament and then the pandemic hits and everything kind of gets a little weird. So I think they realize like maybe, maybe we have to act a little more quickly than expected. And maybe it was an impulse move because if you have a season of Diego Rossi playing at that caliber that he was showing, not to say that it would have happened all season, but that would have, severely uh dropped his his rate and and the the way that teams in the outside looked at him like they know he's a good player but if he has a year the same thing with Atuesta this year he didn't play the full season but his his quality this season compared to how they looked in in that historic run a few years ago with Carlos Vela tearing the league up that's going to be a big factor in what happens in the future too so I think that 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 system and that method that we we talk about so much about Thornton wanting to have the South American pipeline and and things like that it's really going to be uh, – it's really going to have to either change a little – I'm not going to say change drastically because it won't completely, but it's going to have to change a little bit or there's going to be a lot more accountability now that Bob can be the scapegoat for every little mistake. Yeah, no, I, I would definitely agree with that. Like everybody's going to look towards – you know, you can't, you can't put the blame – I think the buck now has moved on from – Bob Bradley to now John Thornton because every every decision, the next head coach, the next player, he's going to be looked under a microscope, and and, and and rightfully so, you know what I'm saying, rightfully so. Look, you you're in, if you're in LA, you want you want to have uh you want to have a successful head coach, but you also want to have a successful GM. But now look in MLS, look, it's way more forgiving than any other leagues. But we'll have to see. I do hope he's he's able to turn it around here in the front office, able to turn it around. And these can be uh you know, lessons learned, but I just don't think it's going to be easy. Like, you know, we talked about Colorado came out of nowhere. You know, they don't have no superstar like Andy mentioned it. I kind of want to see them win the MLS Cup, to be honest with you. If I'm just being honest, I just want to see them beat Seattle and beat whoever New England Revolution from the East because that to me just shows like, look, it would just show everybody else. Like, you don't really need superstars. Yes, you do, but no, you don't at the same time, if that makes sense. Because, you you know, you got players that, you know, are willing to sacrifice for the team. I just feel like once the injuries started happening for LAFC, like, no one, ev- no one was really sacrificing for the team until uh, Chicho came back. And uh, until Chicho came came to the season, then you started, he got that, that fresher breath air. But every player that I see for the Colorado Rapids play, they play for their team. They play for the badge and stuff like that. And I didn't really see that in LAFC that, that much this season, which is crazy to say because obviously the injuries, there's personal things. Rossi was ready to go. Brian was coming back from Almeria, you know, trying to get out. There were so many things in play, but I think you got to get back to that DNA. Like, hey, let's play for the badge. Let's play for this. And look, it's pro sports. Like, hey, people's contracts are going to happen. All these different things are going to happen. But look, that's what happens when you play in a big market. You know, all these expectations, you want more money, you want this, or, you know, you're not going along with the GM and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, all that stuff can happen. But at the end of the day, you got to be able to win. You got to, like, for me, like, if you're in, if you're a team in L.A., you got to make the playoffs. That is bare minimum. You can't be missing the playoffs. That goes for LAFC and LA Galaxy. That's, to me, that's just embarrassing for both teams. You can't. You you have all these superstars and you can't make the playoffs. That, that to me is embarrassing. You got other teams that don't have half the star power, half the budget. You do, you can't make the playoffs. I, I just think you, you there has to be more emphasis on both teams and, and obviously on LFC on what they do this offseason because you have look at Seattle. They've never missed the playoffs since the start of since their their inaugural season. They made the playoffs every single year. Now that's a hard thing to do. I understand that, but like. 
why can't LAFC do that? I don't I don't think that's far off. I, I think, look, if you guys have such a fat, passionate fan base like the 32-52, that should be expected. And when you guys don't miss the playoffs, when you guys don't make the playoffs, I don't think it's okay. To me, if I was a fan and I was supporting, I'd be like, this is not acceptable. You know what I'm saying? It, I, I just don't think you should accept that. You should demand more. You should just demand more. Hey, you pay, look, you pay $300 to go to a game. You pay $20 beers, uh, these micheladas that I think people don't like. I think Juan was telling me he doesn't like them. But you pay all this money. The minimum, bare minimum, has to be my team. No matter, I don't know if they're going to win the cup. But I can guarantee you, I'm going to sing my ass off, and we're going to make the playoffs every year. If you're in L.A., that's just me speaking. That should just be the bare minimum. And I think every every front office should be thinking like that, especially – if you're selling shitty micheladas, you know, that's that's just my take on it. But uh, JP, any last words? Mm, I guess we covered it all. Um, just yeah. excited to see, you know, where the where the coaching hunt goes. Because um, the talent is there and the fan base, like, like, like you just mentioned, is there. You know, that's who I feel for the most. Um, you know, these people going out there, yelling every day, every game. Never, never, you know, staying quiet, always, you know, intimidating the, the opponents and just not receiving the same energy back from the players this season, I guess, was what was most heartbreaking. But, um, you know, you just got to keep on pushing. I'll be there next season and then, you know, hope hope for, you know, an MLS Cup because L.A. deserves it and, and these fans deserve it, you know. I agree. Uh, last thoughts, Andy? I know we're the second time go around. <laughs> My last thoughts is uh, happy holidays, everybody. I hope we don't have to do another one of these. And like next week with Carlos Vela, uh, everybody be safe out there. That's it. <laughs> yeah. No. Edge, last words. Oh, you know, I, I, I think I said everything I need to say today. But yeah, just happy holidays, everyone. Have a good time with your family during Thanksgiving. Eat lots of turkey and uh, enjoy the playoffs without LAFC, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> you can still enjoy the playoffs. Just choose yeah. a second team or something. Keep it to yourself. But, you know. No, with you. Look, it's hey, look, I, I appreciate you guys being on. Uh, Edge, Andy, and uh, JP, and also Eric. Um, everybody tune in. Uh, thank you guys for being on. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Feliz Navidad. Um, I'm going to try to upload this on the podcast. But for those of you that didn't uh, listen from the start, it will be uploaded on LA Soccer Hub. So for these gentlemen, I am Gio, and that is it. Thank you guys for tuning in.